figured it out. You yeah. whelped before I did. <laughs> we were about to whelp. <laughs> whelp. Whelp. That'd be great if we could get that together. From Nuthouse Studios in Lexington, Kentucky, Blacklock Moon Productions proudly presents Bluegrass Homefront for the week of February 1st, 2021. My name is Tiny Brian, and with me as always is Victor. Victor, good day. Woohoo, how are you? I'm having a pretty good day. It's been kind of a dreary week we're having. It is. Got some snow a little earlier in the week. We did, but the rain washed it away. Yeah, well, it's been it's been that that snowy. It's that heart of winter, that mm-hmm. dead gray. A couple of years ago, when I was riding the bus a lot, I really noticed how gray this time of year was. Because really I spend a lot of time outside. I'm like, wow, it's gray out yeah, here. The sun is not out; it's hiding. And uh, had some gray times with the the basketball team too. But we'll talk about that a little further on in the future. Yeah, but uh, it, it was gray out, but I woke up this morning at my parents' house, so that was always nice. And how are your parents? Oh, they're great. We we had a pretty good time, and they everybody played with the doggy and fun stuff, you know. And and that's it. Now we're here recording Bluegrass Homefront. I'm glad everybody's hale and hearty, and we are back together, reunited, and it, it feels so good. Yeah. Uh, your COVID thing turned out to be nothing, thankfully. It was nothing. I knew it wouldn't well, be. Well, yeah, we all, we, we we never really, it wasn't a serious scare, but it no. was enough that we needed to just take to be, some precautions. You want to be careful. And in fact, uh, the interview that we're going to do, we're going to talk about a little later, uh, was actually recorded during that time as well. Yep, so we sure were was. we were separated, but uh, still a good interview. Uh, that's with uh, l- local musician Lance Rogers, mm-hmm. and uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, but I'll tell you what what has happened this week here in Kentucky that's a big news, at least to us and our the people we know, okay. is Le- the Lexington Music Awards has, uh, they didn't get to have their ceremony this week. No. Nope. Uh, they normally have it as uh, our good friend, uh, the skinny devil himself, told us. They have it the week between the end of the football season and the Super Bowl. Or right. the, the big game, I guess we can't, we're in media now, we can't oh, use yeah, that term. Oh, yeah, the, the big game. Yeah, the big game. So uh, so they didn't do that, but they have released the their skinny down awards. They only did a couple of awards. They we, normally be, have a whole slate. Before you get to that, we should just call it the Advertisement Bowl. The Advertisement Bowl. Anyway, you know what's that, funny? that just kind of just hit me. I was like, or just, you know, just go for, just call it Ad Bowl. The Ad Bowl. Mm-hmm. The Marketing Bowl. <laughs> uh, okay, but anyway, yeah, yeah uh, David McLean in the... Uh, Lexington yes. uh, Music Right. Awards. So they skinnied it down. So they only had, they have a the Community Service Award, which is always good when you have artists kind of giving back into the community. Mm-hmm. And and the Album of the Year, the Song of the Year, and then they had their Lifetime Achievement Awards. Okay. And they did release the the Lifetime Achievement Awards they had already released. Uh, well, who some was people, it? Um, uh, Tom Martin, which is the host of, I want to bluegrass, uh, the... Eastern Standard, it's the Eastern's, uh, or one of the big public radio programs here in Kentucky. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Gator Harrison, Walter Tunis, and Les Taylor. The others I have not. I recognize Tom Martin as a DJ I hear on the radio sometimes. Okay. But that's the only one I recognize. Now, the others, we kind of know who they are. Yep. Uh, Album of the Year is uh, by friend of the show Cody Lee Meese Mm -hmm. and uh, his album The Break. The Break, yep. So I think that's on Spotify and other places. You should it, give that a listen. It's on Spotify and iTunes and all that fun stuff. So. And uh, Song of the Year is another uh, another Bluegrass Homefront alum who's mm-hmm. we've heard their music here. It's Devon Karama. 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 No, I think it's Karama. 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 Devon Karama. No, not Karama. Well, we're getting an O. Karama. Karama. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure that's how you say like it. Like Futurama. Yes. Yeah, it's R-A-M-A. Like Karama, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, and, Otherwise uh, known as Kentucky. Right. Also, mm-hmm. yeah, that's when we played him. That's how we credited him because we we were still learning, I think. But yeah, his he, he well, uh, it's, Kentucky it's, is a group that he participates with, I believe. No, that's his business. Oh, that's his that's, business. That's his brand. He's oh. King. Yeah, he's Kentucky, which is my favorite. That's what I. Oh, that's yeah, that's great. why I fell in and, love with and, him uh, is because of Kentucky. I'm like, that's awesome. And I, I think I'm that, just sad I didn't think of it. I think that man's about to 
to break out maybe a little bit in the rap yep. scene. So. And he did have Song of the Year with uh, A Black Man's Flowers. I do love that song. We need, we need to play that here on the show. Sometime. Okay, I'll, I'll get find it and we'll play it next time. And then the Community Service Award winner was uh, Greg Thompson for something called Blues Between the Bridges. Okay. Which is uh, pretty great. So uh, we hopefully next year. I'm I'm just so sad they didn't have a ceremony. I wanted to be able to go down there yeah. and like have our microphone. I wanted to do like the red carpet. Like Absolutely, the, go down the there. The e people. They're like, what are you wearing? Yeah, and all that stuff. Do the whole thing. We will next year. Next year. Yeah. So we're 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 just getting started here. So we stick with us. There will be more to come, and we we do hope to get. Uh, uh, the skinny devil up here again to talk to us again. David, uh, David McClain. David McClain. I just love his nickname. I, just I know think the skinny great. devil, and it suits him. It really he does. He kind of looks like a little skinny devil. So he does. <laughs> if we can get him to take 15 minutes away from teaching instruments, he apparently, you know, he's, he teaches about 27 hours he does. a day. So he does. Very busy man. We're glad to have gotten his time before and hope to again. But, we will. Uh, so, yeah. That was it's so it's been a fun week for music here because mm-hmm. of that and everything yep. and <clears throat> let's go ahead and get to some some more music. All right, we're going to start out with a song from the album of the year. All right. If I hear another damn song I'll lose my mind Cause whiskey's the only thing that reminds Yeah, me that she's gone and she ain't come back yet Some drink to remember Some drink to forget If she asks you how I'm doing Don't you tell her that God's honest truth I'd hate her to think she's out there winning I'm the one to lose If she asks how I'm doing Don't you tell her the truth If I hear another damn wine song I'm gonna jump Another I'm sorry and I'm just a drunk Yeah, and I can't quit drinking, oh, and I wish I could Another I promise this time it's for good Yeah, if she asks you how I'm doing Don't you tell her that God's honest truth I'd hit her to think she's out there when I'm the one to lose If she asks how I'm doing, don't you tell her the truth Hey, I've run some bad roads And choices I've made the same All I wound up was busted A broken heart in a bad name Yeah, and I've been trying to be better oh, But better just comes too late And I never had an appetite to finish All the too much on my plate Yeah, when she asks you how I'm doing Yeah, go
all just a dream. We're back down the hill and watch the bottom spill out from underneath you and me and everything that's living and existing in between. And all of a sudden, we're all just the same. Just little specks of dust on this round spin and space powered airplane. Remember, if you get a little bit too funky, sit back, relax, and breathe, and just sing singing your song. Just singing your song. We'll be singing along. We'll be singing along. Just singing your song. Just singing your song. We'll be singing along. Front of me, but only 
can't see what you love. Welcome back to Bluegrass Homefront. This is Victor with Tiny Brian. Hey. All right. So, uh, first song was Cody Lee Miss with Don't Tell Her the Truth, followed by Mama Said String Band up on Terrapin Hill, and JT Word with Feel to See. Ah, good set. Yeah, it, that's a, a good little set. I, I really dig the Mama Said String Band and, uh, yeah, and uh, Mr. J T. Word actually reached out to us, and I was thrilled about that. And yeah, we thank we, thanks so much, J T. Yeah, for reaching and, out. And I do like his his songs. He sent yeah. me two songs, and it's pretty good. So, so probably not the last time we'll hear him this season. Probably not. So uh, and yeah, I, I have discovered as I've gotten older that I, you can predict if you want to find a band that I've never heard before, and you want to be pretty sure that I'm going to like that band. Mm-hmm. If that band has the phrase string band in their name. <laughs> Chances are Tiny Brian is going to dig it. There's three of them that I know of, and we've gotten two of them. Yeah, we got the Misty Mountain String Band. No, that's the one. That's we don't, the one. That's, that's the, the one we don't have. See, we have the Mama Said String Band, which and are the, great, and the Restless Leg String Band, who are also great. Yes, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the the other one is the one. Yeah, the the Red Horizon is the song we haven't gotten to play yet. Ah, okay. But uh, enough. Yeah, so string bands are, are great. They are so, as in. The sports world this weekend for you for UK it didn't happen. No, it just just yeah we were we were Friday morning I guess we were all getting yep, ready for getting it. ready for it. And I think uh, Patino was about forty five minutes away from his regular press conference before the games. Patino hasn't been our coach since the nineties. Oh God, I'm so old. <laughs> you I'm mean Calipari? So, I mean, yes, the other Italian. I, I I in fact meant the other the other Italian, northeastern yes. Italian man mm. who showed up to coach our team, John <laughs> yes, Calipari. John Calipari, yes. Yeah, he was about to do his press conference and everything, and apparently it was you. It and it was, was us. It was our team. Like they put him on a forty-eight hour pause. What that, whatever that means. So that's what they put him on forty-eight hour pause. Oh, I know. That was, I the, know. That was the news line on it, and uh, and I don't. Other than that, I'm really not sure. Uh, I watched the Lakers Celtics game last night that just ended horribly. So other than that, nothing went on. How's the Knicks doing? Oh, the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you ask that because I don't really. You know, I'm anti-Nick all the way. I always well, want them. Sure. I always want them to lose. But however, Emmanuel quickly has become the man in New York. They've already put him on the front page, and and the fans are crazy about him right now. They would be like the what what people are there. People have been yelling at him to put him in the game more because he so comes in and the, scores like thirty points. Dante Allen of the Knicks is what you're telling me. <laughs> no, no, because he's doing it every night. So he, he comes in and puts in. Well, okay, Dante Allen, but more consistent. Yes, and on the Knicks. Yes, on the Knicks. Yes. Well, I, and and they have one of our coaches now, right? Yeah, they got Kenny. Uh, Kenny, Kenny Payne. Payne. Yeah. So I, I'm telling you, we should just decide the K in Knicks stands for Kentucky. <laughs> well, it's not as it's, you got uh, Kenny Payne, and you have three old UK players. You got Emmanuel Quickly, Julius Randle, and Nerlens Noel. Well, I. Look, and we're going to hopefully talk about this later this season. We'd really love to see the NBA come to Kentucky. We yeah. Know, I, look, I personally, Tony Bryan, his it, opinion, I want the I want the Colonels back, and yep. I want our ABA records because other NBA teams get their ABA records. Sure. Counts. They, I want our ABA records. They should do it that way. We, for those of you who don't know, we had a very successful professional team here up until the mid-70s. Mm-hmm. In, Called uh, the Kentucky yeah. Curdles out, out of ABA, Louisville. And mm-hmm. when the NBA bought the ABA <coughs> in the 70s and they, they merged it together, yep. they just shut down the Colonels. Yep, they kept four teams out of that league. I don't know how many teams were in it, but it wasn't that many. It was less than 20, I think. And I'm pretty and sure we won the last championship that was I'm ever contested for that. I'm pretty sure you're right that. about that, yep. yep. But there's uh, four teams left out of it, and that's it. Can you name them? Pacers. The Jazz. Spurs. Nets. That's all I got. I don't know the other one. Well, if you know, send us an email. <laughs> hey, let us know. Yeah, Reach out on social media or send it might, us an email. It might come to me in a minute. Like You can ask me the other questions, like the, when the expansion teams came in together and stuff. Because even though they've been around like for 30 years now, the Heat or mm-hmm. an old expansion team. I remember when know, the Heat joined the yeah, league. The Heat, the Hornets, the Wolves, and uh, one other team. Oh, the Magic. I'm pretty all sure. All joined at the same time. I'm pretty sure when that – like weird Central Florida town put in a, a a stadium and had no team. They were actually hoping to get one of those NBA teams. And they did. That's the Orlando Magic. No, this was a different build. This was a different, oh, different. stadium. Whatever. This was over but that's by Tampa. the that's the Central Florida team though. Yeah. Because Florida has two teams. Why not? 
Well, they'll probably get three. I'm surprised Jacksonville doesn't have one yet. I, I think the Jaguars have kind of proven that Jacksonville is kind of a shitty sports town. <laughs> well, it is, man. I mean, it's just... <laughs> well, when, Jacksonville just feels like hot plastic to me. Well, oops, dropped my toy there. Yeah, well, uh, you were spinning it earlier, but... I but was it making... I, I know, I quit. I don't know if it was making any noise <laughs> Oh, or not. it was making noise. Oh, okay, well, I can't hear it, so... It's fine. You know... All right. Well, now that we've turned this into some real foley work and some 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 nice sound effects, why don't we actually move on and All right. move so, to our interview? Yeah, we got an interview with uh, Lance Rogers. Yeah, as we said, you were virtual for this one. I was virtual for this, but one. he actually came in and we sat. He and I were sat here in masks mm-hmm. and talked about his life and career. And he played us, and at the end, he played us a song. Yep. So, and uh, we had a great time, and we think you'll enjoy this interview with Lance Rogers. We are pleased to be joined at this time on Bluegrass Homefront with Kentucky native and and country music artist Lance Rogers here in studio. Lance, thanks so much for being with us on Bluegrass Homefront. It's an honor to be here. Appreciate you for having me out. So I've spent most of my morning. Oh yes, uh, spent most of my morning uh, listening to your catalog on Spotify, uh, kind of getting an update. And uh, we did play you in our first season, didn't we, Victor? Did we play him for season one? We did. So we, we we got a little bit. I think the the one about uh, about being a kid, right? Flying think, on Mama's feet. There we go. Flying yeah. on yep. Mama's feet. That's the one. Yeah. I heard it this morning, and that's when I was oh okay, and I clicked it all together. So I got to tell you, you play kind of the. If I was to actually kind of draw all of the qualities of like Kentuckyish kind of country music into one person, I think you might be the poster child for it because wow. your your music definitely has that sort of. I love Kentucky, but I can't wait to get out of this place, but I know I never really will. <laughs> right. You know, it's it's that very complicated relationship Kentuckians have with their home state. Yeah, that's true, man. I mean, I love Kentucky. I love being from here, and I was, you know, Berea, Kentucky is my hometown. Mm-hmm. I live in Richmond now. Just moved there from Waco. Uh, but I love Kentucky. I've, I've lived, I lived in New York for a couple of years, but I was glad to get back. What took you to New York? Um, I did some volunteer work up there. Oh, Excellent. Yeah. So, uh, and and uh, so you live in, in Richmond now. Yes. Grew up in Berea, very rich musical town. How do you feel? Do you feel like maybe that town had any anything to help form your kind of creative side, your performer? Absolutely. Yeah, uh, Berea definitely um, it influenced me, in, you know, in a lot of different ways. But music was one of them. Um, growing up, we always had musicians come to the, the elementary schools or in mm-hmm. in high school and come and visit. And, um, you know, Berea, the town was always having musical events that kind of inspired me. Uh, right, it is. You get kind of all the benefits of having a college town, but without it being really big, it's still that kind of crunchiness. And exactly. I find Berea to be a fascinating place. I lived there for about three months once, and I've often thought I should go back at some point. Yeah. Well, that song that I wrote, uh, Flying on Mama's Feet, was kind of a snapshot of my growing up there mm-hmm. yeah uh, I, I found a lot of resonance with it that sounds like a lot of things about about me growing up too just in a neighborhood you know all the kids hanging out together in the summertime and just having a blast so uh, how long have you been performing i've been performing for a little over two years and when, um, did, you, when did you first start playing i, I mean i've always had a guitar mm-hmm. but I, I really i really never picked it up and started to try to write my own stuff until a couple of years ago. Um, but always, you know, I, I was always interested in music as a kid, mm-hmm. but having a guitar, I would pick it up and get frustrated with it and put it back down. And uh, Yeah, you pick it up and you don't immediately, like, be able to shred or do whatever exactly. it is you want to do, and you're like, well, this is dumb. This thing's obviously broken. Yeah. And then but, I started, you know, my musical, ch- um, my musical taste started to change. Uh, you know, friends would say, hey, have you heard this guy? Have you heard that guy? And it would, you know, I would look them up and make a station on, I think it was Pandora at the time. Mm-hmm. And they would, then I would hear another artist that was like, blow my mind with their with their lyrics and their music. Uh, but Chris Knight was one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Robert Earl Keen, uh, Jason Isbell. Um, and then they, once I started listening to them, I, was, I feel like I began to hear what real music was all about. As opposed to like stuff I was hearing on the radio, um, right. and it really motivated me to write my own stuff. 
So would you say most of your uh, you you listed us some pretty good artists there? Would you say most of your influences are country? Because I mean, you sound like I have tuned in to to listen to you. You know, it sounds like I'm listening to kind of that set. You know, old old school kind of country. You know the with the storytelling and the you know the very vivid characters and and all that. So is that your is that your influences or there there was definitely the most of my influences are, are country artists uh, or Americana they call it now mm-hmm. you know like a lot of the stuff that I listen to is considered Americana. But yeah, I guess what we used to call country is now that, and yeah. what what is now being called country, really a lot more like pop. I mean they've it's got more pop. exactly yeah yeah it's it's definitely become much more kind of that and pop music is all just kind of one continuum. Yeah. I um I rarely listen to the radio anymore other than just to hear what's what the latest sound is. Uh but I find myself listening mostly just to Spotify which is whatever radio stations that that are curated for me. But I tell you my other influences growing up at you know as a teenager, I started you know, I got into the grunge scene quite a bit. Of course. So but as a kid, man, I was listening to a lot of the 50s stuff that my parents listened to. Mm-hmm. So uh, when did you graduate high school, if you don't mind my asking? In 96. 96. So you're yeah. you're about our age. We graduated in 93, and then I graduated in 94. So, yeah, so yeah that's the grunge scene and, you know, that ni- the 90s music that was kind of hard to get away from, really. Right. You know, it was everywhere. Yeah. A lot of great music in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you, you know, music from the 50s. My, my parents, who were older, they, they were both born in the 30s. So we grew up with a lot of, like, 50s and 60s. And, like, my mother's favorite uh, artist growing up was uh, Julio Iglesias. Yeah. As I think I may be one of the only three people left on the planet who know who that is. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the crooner music. And, the, and to this day, I'm a huge fan of, like, big band music and, and yep. that kind of, of larger sound and... and uh, so have you? Uh, I know we've got some singles from you, and I know you're on Spotify. I spent my I spent most of my morning listening through your catalog just to kind of get ready to talk to you today. Um, do you have an album out yet? Do you have like a, 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 a something someone can buy? I don't have a full album yet, but I I'm very close to having it done. Um, I've I've been in the studio recently here in Lexington uh, with Dwayne Lundy, and he's been producing my album. Oh, uh, excellent! Which studio is that? It's the Lexington Recording Company. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's one of the older ones here in town, isn't it? I know we're... Well, it was called Shangri-La, and then, then the name... He moved locations and changed the name, and... Um, but I've, I'm honored to, to be there, and, I mean, he's just a master at what he does, and... Uh, but I'm excited to share it with you. I don't have the masters with me yet. Uh, well, we, would, really we wouldn't expect you to give they're those away really to us just yet. Yeah. <laughs> so but, so we we can expect something. Hopefully, when the weather turns a little warmer, we should have something. Yeah, to... springtime. Springtime. Mm-hmm. I was hoping to get it out the beginning of this year, uh, but I don't want to rush it either. I sure. want it all to be just strategically put out there. So mm-hmm. we, 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 we are contractually obligated that everybody we talk to, we have to talk about the plague and and how the plague world and how plague world has affected them. It's actually affecting us right now. We're we're sitting here. We're both masked as we face each other. And yeah. Victor is actually coming to us virtually on Zoom uh, for various reasons. So, would you say that the pandemic slowed your product, the album? Did it did it give you more time to work on it? Uh, how did you say it affected your your creativity? Well, the, I'll tell you, man. Twenty twenty was a challenge in, in so many different ways. I mean, with the pandemic that hit, but even before that, like a, a lot of things that were happening in my personal life um, at, at the end of 2019 affected the beginning of 2020. And then when the pandemic hit, man, it was uh, it really kind of rocked my world because I had some big dreams and, and some big shows. I had some festivals booked and all the, everything started canceling. Yeah. So I found yeah. myself at home quite a bit alone. My work slowed way down to a, a halt mm-hmm. and so i i pulled the pen and the paper out and just started writing my you know some songs i probably wrote 50 songs in 2020 just because you had the time and the the and everything was kind of messed up so what else did you have to do but yeah kind of just sit and think about your emotions and try exactly to straighten and them I, out. I use emotions for that fuel man that you need as a songwriter mm-hmm. and That's... Uh, went through every emotion i could possibly go through in 2020 <laughs> I think we all did, man. You guys, yep. you guys played that stuff to the heart. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, write, songwriting for me was was really therapeutic. 
um, and then putting things out there and people responding and saying, hey, man, this song really hit me. It affected me. I mean, I, I was I thrive on that. So. So I think I caught one. I want to talk about one of your songs in particular, uh, sure. the, the Hey Betty song. I don't know that I got that on Spotify. I think I got that from YouTube because I, yeah. I was kind of browsing around and looking at different places to to listen to some of your songs. And I found that to be a uh, that that's kind of where I got the idea of, of the classic. Like, I want to leave Kentucky, but I never want to leave Kentucky. But I know I'm not going to leave Kentucky. Yeah. That kind of that that frustrated idea. Of, yeah. Well, that song is was, you know, my grandmother's name's Betty. Mm-hmm. And my uh, my grandfather and I had a really close bond. Um, his his name was Wallace Dalton, called him Wally. But he lived out in Bell County, Kentucky. And after World War II, he came back and he told me a story that about something that happened. It's not directly related to the song, mm-hmm. um, lyrically. But he told me something happened. They had to get out of Kentucky, so he took my grandma and went up to Ohio mm-hmm. and start and used some of those skills that he learned in the war to you know build up his welding shop in Dayton, Ohio. Right. Well, they ended up, you know, moving to he ended up moving to Florida later. But some of those songs, you know, it does it definitely has an old school song because of I want it to sound like a certain a certain time period. And I think you really succeeded in that. Like I say, that's kind of where it kind of tied me in and really kind of made me feel like old school Kentuckian, like Happy Chandler singing, <laughs> singing the th- singing the na- the anthem, and well, that's the first song I ever wrote too. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's my it first was, song. It was a great. Uh, I have to admit, I found it to be real compelling. I, I heard. I, I think, I, like I say, I think it was the YouTube video I heard. And we'll post that for our audience the week we release this, cool. so that they'll be able to hear it. Yeah, that one is one that I don't play out that often. Um, now, on my grandpa's side of the family, that's I think I get some of my musical heritage from his his family his brother played in a uh a western swing band back in the 30s and 40s Ooh. um called the whippoorwills which they have some they've actually made some videos they're on on youtube or uh yeah on youtube now but they they were a band that played with roy rogers um oh great and, and so the whippoorwills is such a classic like for that time period name for a band really yeah but they had they went out to california and shot a bunch of videos and um, and then my, you know, my grandpa Wallace and his brother Doug, Doug Dalton was the guy in the in the Whippoorwills. They had a sister that married a guy named Buford Abner, who wrote Long White Line, you know, that Sturgill Simpson made, mm-hmm. you know, made recently famous. And what was his name again? Buford Abner. That is the most Kentucky name I think it's I've ever very, heard. Yeah. It really is, yeah. <laughs> that is a very Kentucky name. So we will definitely look for that. So... How do you feel like, have you ever, with, with your music, have you ever considered, because I know some people, you know, want to get to a place where the music is happening, like go to Nashville or or something like that. How do you feel like, do you feel like that would give you more opportunities? Is that in your long-range plans, or are you trying to just kind of do it from Berea? What's the, what's your plans here? Or I have, I have goals. I don't know that I have plans to get to those goals other than right now until, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see when this album comes out how it's accepted, but I do, I do some songwriting for um, a, a publishing company in Nashville um, on Music Row. Mm-hmm. You know, they picked up two of my songs, get, got, you know, single song contracts on them. So I oh, like excellent. that, I like oh, that yeah, relationship where I can write some songs that, you know, may or may not get cut, but it gives me that excitement, like, what if, you know, what if. Yeah, at least you're putting things out there into the air, so yeah. to speak. And, and, and I played a show in Nashville on, um, on Broadway. Oh wow! It was a songwriter's round. Excellent. So just getting out there slowly and seeing what happens. Um, I have gotten gained a lot of a lot of traction with that um, here. You know, this year especially. But I am excited, man. I'm excited to see once I get this album out. Um, kind of what will, you know, develop from that. Absolutely. I guess. I guess you're really not extremely far away from Nashville. I mean, you're not, you're not living there, but but. You know, Berea is not a huge amount of distance, and it's all interstate. So yeah. I guess that does let you kind of connect and be able to play some shows there and do some of that stuff as, as you can as you kind of grow into things. Yeah, I mean, I can go down there and you know, well that that songwriters round that I did, it was a one day deal. You know, mm-hmm. I went down there, played the show, and drove back that night. Don't it's even need a hotel room. Yeah, three and a half hours away. Makes for a long day, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't, you know, I don't want to move down there um, and just hope that some, something happens. If I do move down there, something will already happen to make me, to make it make sense for mm-hmm. me to move there. Yeah, well, and with the internet being such as it is, you don't have to start, you don't have to go there at zero. You know, you can kind of get your get a little bit of a following if, if you decide you need to go there, if it makes the most sense. Then right. The internet lets you build that up first. But I, I'm also really excited about what's happening in Kentucky. Uh, we as have, are we. <laughs> yeah, there's guys that are, that are guys and, and ladies that are doing it from here. You mm-hmm. know, they don't, you don't have to go to Nashville anymore. I, I think about something Sturgill Simpson said where he's like, you don't have to, you don't need Nashville. You can hop in a van, play as many shows as you possibly can, and that's that's what you need to do. So yeah. there are other ways besides moving to Nashville and, you know, hoping that something happens. Certainly in this modern world. Right. But I love I love the future for Kentucky. So uh are you are you you hoping to maybe get in some shows this summer? Yeah, I'd love to get on some festivals. Um I've got a couple that are possibilities. I've got a bunch of gigs coming up. Uh, things are things are pretty good as far as that goes. I mean, these gigs are pretty small because of the capacities and you know the um, restrictions and sure. But it's nice to have people, you know, asking me to play. It's mm-hmm. been nice. But yeah, the um, who knows what's what the future holds as far as what the, when the vaccine is widely distributed and people, you know, are getting better and the. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I see a bright light ahead. Uh, when that's going to happen, we just I don't have know to hope exactly. it's not a train. <laughs> yeah. The bright light at the end <laughs> yeah. of the tunnel isn't a train on its way. <laughs> yeah, set the hug the walls until the train passes. No kidding. So yeah, I'm, I, we're all pretty excited about the the future possibilities too, and and we're glad to get to know you here on Homefront. And uh, we have we're we're definitely some of your biggest supporters here, and we sure hope to see big things for you coming up in the future. Man, I, I appreciate you having having me out. It really does mean a lot. So I, I notice over there, looking kind of, I see that you've got a guitar with you I today, do. Lance. Yeah, let me get it. Wonder if you would. Uh... All right. This thing into position. There we go. Let me. Shoot. What do you want to hear? Well. You want to hear a new one? Well, um, I'll tell you what. You tell us what you're comfortable with. I, I'll tell you, man, I'll sing this one. This is going to be on the album. Uh, this is one that uh, Nicholas Jamerson co-wrote with me. Mm-hmm. And this one's called Echoes. Excellent. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to mm-hmm. tune up. All righty. And then I'm going to take this, these headphones off, too. Sounds good. This is one that I wrote um, kind of early on when the pandemic hit. Mm. Okay. Yeah, make yourself comfortable there. Okay, take two echoes. Never knew this house would feel so cold With the pictures off the wall You took the TV roll rugs off the floor Took the couches and all I've cried so much that I'm not sad anymore Write these songs and play guitar Memories roam round the room and rattle the door I ain't heard these echoes before The sound of your laughter as you said I do Anxious elation when that test turned blue Cries in your pillow when I come home late The moment you wish me the best 
perpetual motion Like birds soaring high in a still and cloudless sky I guess life is what you're making In spite of all they say Just remember you're all you got At the end of the day Just remember you're all you got At the end of the day Welcome back to Bluegrass Homefront. This is Victor with Tiny Brian. Hey. All right. That that last set of music, we heard Lance Rogers with Echoes, the Cat Daddies with Perpetual Motion, and Coach Good. I'd like to see that America again. So. Ah, Coach Good, who was actually the coach of our high school. That's why we call him Coach. Yep, because he's he coach was actually Good our coach. He was our basketball coach back in the back in the day in the early nineties and stuff when we were there. So I'm gonna admit something to our, our audience here, Victor, and I, I think you would agree with me on this that you know, here we are in our second season, second mm-hmm. episode, and mm-hmm. we we've in our first season we, we did okay with this, but we were a little stiffer than we really wanted to be. Okay. When you say we were a little more formal, we were a little less likely to just want to sit and kind of talk through a subject and talk through things. And well, we were nervous about it. Yeah, you know, I, I would, and, and that's fair to say. I mean, and we were, anxiety and stuff in the first we time. We were just getting started. Right. So we're we're going to make an effort to to just sort of talk through some things with you. And we have a we we want to talk about something in particular today, mm-hmm. and it goes back to and it's one of those stories about Kentucky. 
Okay. So you know we've so you know we're here to we're here to explore Kentucky music and stories. Right. And we've got good stories that we can get talking to a interesting personality from Kentucky. To be well, sure. sure. And that's been a and lot of what. That's been a lot of what we've done thus far. Yeah. But some of these stories are a little bit more abstract. It's a little hard to find one person to kind of get you the story. And really, the story you get is just the story of their life when you're talking to them, which is great. And yeah. I love it. And you and, get. And the privilege that we get to have for having this show is that you get to hear our stories. Yes. So, so we're yeah. So we're going to tell you. We're going to start today with a, a new segment of just Kentucky stories. We're going to talk, tell you kind of a story about how things were when we back in our, back in our day when we were growing up in the hills. Up on their hill. Up on the hill. No, I wasn't up on the hill. I was up in the holler. I was both. You were kind of up on a holler. No, I was. I was. Up the head of the holler, mm-hmm. on a hill, under a mountain. Yeah, you, I was. You, yeah, <laughs> and and you know Jeff Foxworthy used to have that long list of things you might be a redneck if it happened. <laughs> right. And we he got you when he said if instructions to your house include the phrase then turn off the paved road. You know because, you didn't have you didn't have to turn off of it though it just, just kind of stopped. Yeah, it just went away. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's always your defense, and it never ever works. Well, when you turned off the to it, though, it was still paved. It was paved for I a minute. I can remember when it got paved. I was probably about eight years old. Yeah, my, my, my holler, which is a much more standard holler. Like you had, by the time by the time we were teenagers, you only had a handful of people left on your holler well, for various uh, and even, reasons. And even back then when uh, all the families lived there, it was uh, all all Andersons. We're all related. If it, their last name wasn't Anderson. The wife was an Anderson before right. they got married. So. Uh, but it was it was about at its, in its heyday it was probably about thirty families up in there, and but it was a little small holler though it wasn't like yours was more of the yeah there's probably like two hundred two hundred and fifty families mm-hmm. when I lived there right up no, and down our, our holler was nothing that big it was basically just just a path up beside the bottom of the mountain there, and and it actually did like back in the day it would come out at the top of the mountain at the gap up there. Mm-hmm. On the on the main road, kind of like how I, I tell people that if we go, if I went up my holler and over the mountain, it came out in Virginia. Right. Not that anybody ever did that. I mean, I may have done that three times in my life because well, sure. it was not a great road. Right. No, it was a, an adventure. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny is what took me a long time to get used to when I moved out of the mountains is having more than one way to get somewhere. Oh yeah, like, like Lexington drives me nuts even today with it. It's like. So well, which way do you turn? It don't really matter. <laughs> you go down. And, <laughs> It'll go either way, and you can you get know, there. Yeah. I, when I when we were growing up, if I was at my house and I wanted to go see you, mm-hmm. I had one path to do that. Really. Yeah. Now, if I chose um, not to do that, it was an extra forty five minutes. To well, get sure. To yeah, you, you could have been. A, I, I had a, to go around Johns Creek, basically. Right. I mean, if you want to go back through Pipeful, that would. Yeah. Be, Dumb, but or know. or wander into Virginia and kind of wander back around somehow up in up in uh, oh god yeah I mean there's there's no, just there's wouldn't. not there's not alternate routes no there's not one really path. yeah there's a one direct path yes so and 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 you know here I am thirty years later and I still kind of get freaked out by too many options on the road <laughs> what do you guys how do you do this stuff <laughs> yeah and why are there traffic jams oh yeah I mean traffic jams confuse me to this day but. I don't know. I guess I kind of saw them a little bit when I was younger, so mm-hmm. it didn't. Yeah, you 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 grew up a little closer to the city than I did, just because your mom and dad your mom and dad had lived in Chicago. Yes, and your yeah, mom had grown up there. Actually, so. from Chicago, so yeah. Even when my dad living in Florida, I, when I went to Florida, it was still it, podunk. You know, Florida. it's an interesting contrast with them. You know, like you know, my dad tells stories about what well, he just told us this weekend about you know the the holes in the wall and stuff, and they they bunch of them would sleep together right mm-hmm. in the bed for basically for warmth and they'd right. wake up in the morning and there'd be snow on the covers yeah wow yeah i mean and, and then my mom on, on in contrast you know she had a mcdonald's down the street right <laughs> you know that's just a little bit of a difference there they basically in, in grew the, up on the, different planets well yeah and they're only two years apart so that was the same time frame and it's just amazing how so, different it really was and it's it's funny because in those days you know for your mom mm-hmm. if she wanted to to socialize and see people her own age and all the people she went to they lived uh, if not in the building that she lived in if she lived in an apartment building they didn't know well that. but okay well somebody living in a city they might live in an apartment building with mm-hmm. people or they're just down the street or around the block or close by you can just walk there yeah and the 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 difference is like you and i went to the same high school 
it was a 30-minute drive, the closest, like that one path that oh, I yeah, talked we, about. That's why we didn't know each other when we were little children. Yeah. We were no reason. He was on the other side of the mountain. Yeah, we were three mountains We were three mountains separated. You know, I was just thinking about that a minute ago. Not really. You you lived at the bottom of the mountain there, so you turned there, and you only had to cross one mountain to get to my house. Yeah, I guess just that one terrible the, the, <laughs> Grapevine Mountain. I guess it's, a, it's not called Grapevine Mountain. That's Biggs. I guess it is. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, because Grapevine Mountain is actually the mountain over by my house. I, I guess it is. Yeah. So that's Biggs Mountain, because the mountain I'm, that, I'm that not, I live under is Card Mountain. Yeah, I know. And then you got Buckley's Creek, but that mountain there's different names for it. Yeah. Yeah. But at any rate, so we we couldn't just and and even me, you know, I lived in a a holler with several hundred families, but there mm-hmm. were maybe three people my age on the whole holler, so. We, I, I we, was actually pretty lucky with that. I what? had, I had the Morales boys, and then then the other guys. Yeah, we had a pretty about a five or six little boy group there. Yeah, but by the out. time you were in high school, those weren't that wasn't your peer group anymore. Yeah, we still hung out okay. at the house. Well, we did. You're flouting my. Uh, well, I'm sorry. We did. We we hung. I was friends with everybody, and those were and we hung out. I hung out with those guys at home. Well, not really at school though. <clears throat> but my point is, we couldn't just walk to everybody's house <laughs> and our friend group get together and no. And to 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 supplement that, we had telephones. Mm-hmm. Now you know everybody today is always texting and facebooking and and. How TikToking, whatever that is, and and all this stuff. Right. We just had voice. Yep. Telephones. Telephone. Telephone. Ring. Ring. Pick it up. Say hello. Say hello. Talk. And then you don't know who it is. No, you don't know. It's, yeah. it's a surprise. <laughs> right. At a certain point, you we got the what they called Star Sixty Nine. Well, where you could not answer the phone and then pick it up in star 69 you, and see where and hear the number that it came from. Right. And you had all the fancy stuff. I didn't. Like you had the call waiting and then later on you had the three-way calling and all that like Yeah, that know. all that stuff. Yeah, call waiting used to be you had to pay extra for that. Oh yeah. And call, all that stuff was extra 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 and the, money. And the long distance was brutal back oh, then. Oh yeah. We couldn't we couldn't call outside of our county. Well, we couldn't even call Belfry. No. Yeah. Couldn't even call the other end of our county. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what it let us do is it let us kind of reach out and, and talk to people who were our own age. And, and it was basically a chat room that you could kind of cobble together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had more than one girlfriend that's, that came and went. And that's I what I was a, getting ready to say. It was a great way to meet girls. Oh, yeah. It was met, the only way to meet I girls. I met really. a good handful of girls on the phone. Talked to, I've had several like in-depth inappropriate conversations with girls that i've never met and wouldn't know if i seen them today oh yeah they're all uh, i dated <laughs> i dated i, I dated right uh you know probably a half a dozen girls and more than half of them never ever met right talked yeah. to, talk to girls for years and then finally met them you right. know and it would just and guys too like you and i we knew who each other was Mm-hmm. Like we had met and, and we had talked, but we weren't really friends until one summer when we both found ourselves really the only people with no one to talk to. And we started talking on the phone. Yeah, but that was urged on by, by Michael. So yes, who, he, that's he, part he of why he gets on, a special I, thanks. I think I actually remember that he uh, specifically put on us on the phone on the freeway. Didn't oh, us? yeah. It was like, well, okay, y'all talk to each other. Well, and... and there was a little mathematic, you know, the mathematical thing related to your phone number. For security purposes, we won't say it on the air. Right. But you know the thing. Yes. Well, that I have a vivid memory of me being at my grandmother's house and him calling and talking to me go and him leaving to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's like, call Victor and talk to him. I'm like, well, I don't even know his number. He's like, it's easy. Right. It's that, that, that. And then he said, it's this and this and this and this. And right. he explained it mathematically. Right. And I've never, I could tell you the number right now. Right. But I won't. So, no, not on here. Let's, no, not not in this environment. No. But yeah, and it's just a, a you know that was our socialization. That was it was. What's funny is now, like the idea of me just calling someone on the phone and chit chatting about whatever, just makes my skin crawl. I, I could, don't want to do it. I could just hear my Bob. <clears throat> she'd say the follow the drink, right? And she'd go, "Is Victor there?" <laughs> <laughs> She would just, oh. you know, she would just say that because that's what it was most of the time. Oh, yeah. Well. And it, it could be like some random chick. And there was some of them I used to, you know, basically hire my mom to tell her I wasn't there. Talk- I, you know, I was done talking to her, yeah. Right, leave me alone. 
Oh, well, see, uh, oh, man. my mom never really minded, but my dad was not amused by it at all. Mm-hmm. And like, I had a curfew on the phones, which is the, the I had, oh yeah, you wasn't know, supposed to be on there like past ten or something. Yeah, about ten. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's funny is I had a I had a girlfriend who lived in the next county over. You'll mm-hmm. remember her. And sure. uh, the rates changed and got cheaper at like ten o'clock at night on oh, the okay. long distance. <laughs> no. And I was like. Look, Dad. Look, it's rate. The rates are cheaper. Can I call her? You know, and and her parents say it's okay. And we talk. And he's like, No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't do his voice. No, I can do it a little better than you can. But <clears throat> even I can't go as deep as Jesse Witter could. No, no, that man was resonant. That man, yeah. But you know, I, I it's one of the things that makes me sad. I'll never hear that voice again. Because I, I'd love it when I get on the phone. He'd be like, Hello, Victor. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and if he liked you and you called my house, I may get to talk to you. I may not get to talk to you. You know, there was at least twice that I would call your house, to talk to you, and have like a fifteen minute conversation with your dad, and just hang up. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, talk to Jesse for a minute. It was cool though. He was always. I'd a good... come downstairs and be like, Victor called. Yeah, like, <laughs> where? <laughs> I don't remember talking to him. He's like, no, I talked to him. Oh, and yeah, and let a girl he decided was cute call. Oh, yeah. Oh, and it was over because uh-huh. my dad was. He'd, he'd sit there and chat with that, too, wouldn't he? Was your, was your dad bad to flirt no, that he, way? No, he'd never done that. He didn't he, well, even he really. Wasn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't the answer of the phone, was no, he? No. Uh, there was a lot of times he wasn't at home either. Right. He was working in the mines like a dog, so. Yeah, dad, when when dad was home, dad had to be our customer service representative. He, he needed <laughs> to answer the phone. Yeah, <sighs> he, he would, too. Oh, yeah. Hello. I mean, there was a couple times your mom would answer, but rarely. Hello, mm-hmm. Brian. Brian. <laughs> although, although it's two syllables when mom yeah. does it, Brian. Well, Jesse would do the same thing, Brian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, easy, guys, easy. <laughs> so we'd love to know your interesting stories about Kentucky. You know, so yep. telephones once played a much bigger, or voice chatting once played a much bigger role for us than it ever did. Now, do you really, now. you really think that was just a Kentucky thing? I gotta, oh no, I seriously doubt I, it. I got to think kids in Indiana or somewhere would. In the same boat. I know. would say most rural places, that yeah, was very true. Upstate New York, that kind of thing, New Hampshire, wherever. But uh, it's certainly something that happened here, so we're mm-hmm. going to claim it as ours. And, sure. And we want to hear it, more. It happened to us, and uh, we had some good times. I had some uh, interesting conversations back then. Indeed. And, and you know, you are right. And now to talk on the phone like that would be like pulling teeth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, not interested. Don't. Yeah. Text the, me. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Yeah, telephones, were they were around for about a century. Mm-hmm. And they slowly just became completely dominant as the form of conversation. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, everybody went, you know what? No. Well, you, I mean, it, it's never going to go away. You well, know? no. There's always but, reasons. But for recreational voice conversation? Not unless, uh, it's, not unless it's like talking to your grandma across the country or well, something. Well, yeah. And that's just because she's not a huge texter. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, we would love to hear your stories of, of your Kentucky stories and things, you your specific stuff, and, and help us kind of put that together. And you can reach out to us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Uh, if you search for Bluegrass Homefront on Facebook or Instagram, you'll find us there. On Twitter, we are at – do you remember it, Victor? Can you can you do it? The, uh, Twitter? Yeah, the Twitter um, account. Bluegrass no, 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 it's like BGHF, HF, the yeah. initials, yeah, BGHF, BGHF podcast. Yeah, podcast, okay. Yeah, that's how it ends. BGHF podcast, I guess we would put because at before bl- that. Yes, at before it. So yeah. it's at BGHF, BGHF mm-hmm. podcast. Podcast. Yes, because Bluegrass Homefront is too long for a Twitter username. In my horrible spelling, I've discovered that podcast is actually one word. <laughs> Because when I type it, I want to make it two words. That's funny. No, always, don't do that. No, it's like it checks it. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's how you spell podcast. <laughs> but no, that wasn't the problem. They actually go together. Cast. <laughs> that's why we also don't say broad cast. It's just one word. I know, but it's, All right. it's a newer thing. But yeah. So yes, reach out to us on social media, including Twitter. Uh, you can also email us at mm-hmm. uh, feedback at bluegrasshomefront.com. Okay. That's mm-hmm. feedback. At bluegrasshomefront.com. Look at that. He knows the whole email address. Mm-hmm. Bluegrass Homefront is produced by me, Tiny Brian, 
with Victor Anderson, who is our music supervisor. Our associate producer and editor is Malachi Woodard. Special thanks to Catherine Leon Anderson and Michael Trent. For more information, you can visit our website at bluegrasshomefront.com. Until next time, this is Tiny Brian reminding you that the blinking light is only me. Peace out.